Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Open up your Bibles. We're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Luke 2, chapter 2, verse 41. What I learned from Jesus about how to treat my mom. And we're going to start by looking at the early years of Jesus, okay? Luke 2, 41. Here's what it says. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in, the company, in, in their company, they traveled on for a day, Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends, but they couldn't find him. Now, if I was a betting man, I would probably say that for Mary, her response to all of this probably looked something like this. All right, be honest, moms. Who's ever experienced this? None? Okay, good, good. I I was thinking, should I ask the dads as well too? But I know they've experienced this. And it usually goes something like, don't tell your mom about this, right? (laughs) Do not tell your mother. Uh, But you can just imagine what's going on in in Mary's mind as, as she realizes her son's not with her. She's probably thinking, what will the moms in Nazareth think of me? right? Oh my goodness, you have that mom shaming, right? It never goes to dad, right? Any bad outfits always get blamed on mom. And anyway, so she's probably worried and panicking. And and many of us would actually be pretty quick to judge her over this situation. But one thing you got to remember is also culturally and and at the time what was going on. And you see, in those days, um, when you would take the trek from Nazareth to Jerusalem, they would go by caravan, 
Okay, they would go by large caravan or grand caravan, right? It's funny how times don't change, right? Um, but they would go in these large groups and people would travel together, obviously, uh, or usually it would be family or extended family, and they would travel together. The women would be in the front and the men would be in the back. And Jesus being 12, 13 years old is typically what it is to be an adult in those days. A lot of you are like 13. I have a 13-year-old, right? No way, they're almost an adult. But in Jesus's time, 13 years old would be an adult. So at this point in Jesus's life, you would probably understand that Mary and Joseph would, would uh, just be assuming that the, the children are with the other parent, right? Have you ever had that before where you're maybe in the mall and you're, you're assuming that your child is, is with your dad and maybe your dad or your, your husband is thinking that uh, uh, your, your child is, is is with the mom. You ever been there before? I know we used to have that in my family. That's why we'd always have roll call. I actually think that's why they invented Marco Polo, the game, okay? Just to make sure the kids were always in check. I remember even especially my parents, they would, for some reason, throw in our pet cat too, before my name at times. So it'd be, you know, Jeff, Brad, Candy, Daniel, right? just to make sure that everyone is there. And so you can just imagine this going on right now. And so they're panicking. And so what the Bible tells us in verse, uh, in chapter two, verse 25, or um, sorry, not 25, 45, is it says that once they realized that Jesus was not among the relatives and friends, what they did is they, when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Verse 46. After three days, can you imagine not finding your kid for three days? Crazy, right? After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Seems pretty light, right? I think in those moments, it would be like, whack, right? <laughs> son, why have you? I guess you don't want to spank the son of God, right? It probably wouldn't go over well. Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He said, didn't you know I would be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And what's really fascinating about this is, is in verse 51 and, and 52, it says that after they found him, he went down to Nazareth with them. He obeyed them. He listened to them. And what's fascinating about this is he, although Jesus had recognized his relationship to his heavenly father, he was obedient to his earthly parents. He went back to, to Nazareth and, and actually lived under their authority, the Bible tells us, for another 18 years until he began his ministry journey at 30 years old. So if you think about it, Jesus potentially lived with his parents till he was 30 how are you feeling, parents? Are you doing okay? <laughs> are you sure? Kids, 
congratulations, you've been permissioned to do the same if you want. You can do the same. Why? Because Jesus did it too, okay? But the first thing that we learn from Jesus about how to treat our moms is by showing respect. He showed respect. I think all of us can agree that many times it can be easy to despise relationships and responsibilities for the sake of doing what we want to do. It's that fine balance between independence and inclusion, right? Do I, do I really want to do this with the family or go here with the family? Do I really want to be a part of this? I want to be my own person. I want my own independence. And there's this wrestle, there's this tension that constantly happens as we grow up when it comes to our parents. And what's amazing is through all of this, you see Jesus with such respect for his parents, such respect for his mom. And I think one of the things that we have to learn from Jesus in this moment is is not to use the commitments to God's work or even other work to justify neglecting our family. Our family is very important. Respecting our parents, respecting our moms is, is really important. Jesus, he had a mission, but never let the mission stop him from showing respect to his mother. And that's one thing that we can take away here. Some of you are in the room are like, I'm going to call my mom after this, right? Let the waterworks fall, okay? The next thing that we are going to look at is the middle years of Jesus's life, the middle years. So let's take a look at John 2. What else can we learn from Jesus about how to treat our mothers? John 2, verse 1, it says, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. They have no more wine. If you're like a 90s kid, 2000 kid, you would understand, Houston, we have a problem. We've run out of wine, okay? Now, to many of us in the room, we would look at that and we'd go, hey, shrug it off, right? No problem. No wine. I can still have fun without some wine at a wedding, right? It's, it's okay. If you're Italian or, or uh, Portuguese in the room, you're very offended by my comments right now. You're like, hey, right? But a lot of us can shrug it off, right? We can say, okay, like the wine's run out. It's okay. But here's the thing is during Jesus's day, this was a big problem because what you actually found during his, his time was, was that in ancient times and especially in many traditions and, and, and uh, uh, cultures that we even see today, the wedding feast is not necessarily just about the individual couple as it is more so about a union between a community and families. Right? Especially in those days when your military, your, your economy was based on your family growth. 
the biggest thing for them was getting bigger and bigger in, in, in family size and family dynamics. They wanted to get bigger and stronger because the better they were, were um, in number, the more they'd be able to benefit and see prosperity in the economy. So the wedding wasn't just a simple party like we have today where we have a cutoff, right, of we are only having 100 guests, you know, and your cousins are not coming, right, because we don't have enough seats. It wasn't like that. At this time, it was something that the community was brought into. All the families were brought into because it meant prosperity for every single person. This was a huge event, and it would often actually last over a week, if not longer. Did anyone here have a wedding that was about a week or longer? Raise your hands. Okay. In in some... um, um, communities out far east in, in like Middle East and even farther, you'll see that they have these celebrations that will last a week or longer. I remember when I lived in Brampton, it was great because every day was like a little party outside of my house. I just loved it. The neighbors, I got to hang out with the neighbors and dance with them. And yes, I can dance and yes, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, it, it was a blast, and so they'd have parties for, for a week or longer. And so you can understand this dilemma when Mary comes up to Jesus, and it's only been maybe a couple days, and they're saying, hey, listen, the wine is gone. It's over. The party is now suddenly abruptly ending. We haven't had a chance to really properly celebrate with the family. And so this was a huge embarrassment Um, culturally, this was a a huge embarrassment on the family, socially, psychologically. And and it was not good because it was basically just, you did not uh, plan accordingly to what was happening. You didn't see us as valuable, as something we're celebrating. And so this was a giant no-no that happens. But what's interesting, you see Mary come up to Jesus in verse three, and she tells him, we've run out of wine. And so you can debate back and forth, why did he go up to, uh, why did she go up to him and, and say that? Was she expecting something? Was she just wanting him to maybe go to the corner store and get more? Why did she go that? And the truth is, is when it comes to Mary and, and Jesus's relationship, the thing that we need to remember was she may not have known who her son really was, being the son of God, but she did know that he was special. And so she goes up to him and we find out in verse four, she goes up and and she says, the wine is gone. And Jesus responds, he says to his, his mother, woman, why do you involve me? Why do you involve me? My hour has not come. Here, when you actually read through the book of John, he says this a number of times. And what he's talking about, he's actually talking about his time on the cross where he's going to suffer and die for the sins of humanity. And so he says in this moment, he says, my time has not come yet. But his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you, do whatever he says. And so nearby stood six stone water jars the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. 
And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew exactly. Then he called to the bridegroom aside, and he said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. You have saved the best to now. The second thing that we can learn from Jesus about how to treat our moms is with honor. Jesus honored his mother. Even though his mom put him on the spot, like so many moms do, yeah, he honors her. And you got to remember too, he's an adult at this time. He's a grown man. And he honors her. He's willing to submit to her. I actually once heard that when it comes to our moms, we should really learn to honor and, and respect and submit to them because they were able to graduate without using Google or Wikipedia, um, which is a huge feat. Yeah, seriously. But this doesn't, this doesn't mean also that as parents, as moms and dads, that we can just um, decide everything when it comes to our kids. We also have to let them grow up too. Um, but at the end of the day, what you see in Jesus's life, how, you treat, how he treated his mom, especially in this moment, is with one of honor. And especially it's something that we need to do because the Bible encourages it for each and every one of us. We learn actually that the fifth to, uh, commandment is honor your father and mother. And if you actually look at the Ten Commandments, the first four are all about time with God, right? It's, it's, it's your relationship with God. And then the fifth one is dealing with your parents. And then the sixth one on is dealing with others. And I actually don't think it's a mistake that it's put exactly right there after God, right? Our relationship with God, that, that, that God would intentionally put that there right after. The idea of honoring our parents. I don't think it's random. I actually think that when we learn to honor our parents, kids, when you learn to honor your parents, parents, when you learn to honor your parents, life goes better for you. I actually think it's a biblical principle. I think it's a biblical truth that we see throughout Scripture and we saw in Jesus' life. But how easy is it not to show honor when our parents or when our mom is asking us to do something? How easy is it for us to just shrug it off, whether it comes to shoveling the snow, right? When it comes to cleaning our rooms, taking out the trash, setting the table, how about when it comes to taking our moms to appointments, doctor appointments, visiting her, caring for her when she's in need in her, in her old age or maybe when she's struggling through something, right? Often they're kind of pouring out love to us. But what about when they're going through difficult seasons? What about when they're going through hard, hard times and you, maybe they have a, a boo-boo, right? Where they need just a simple hug or they just need their son and daughter just showing love and just sitting in silence with them, if that's what it takes. We see Jesus did it. He honored his mother. He always honored his mother. Lastly, we're going to look at the, the final years 
of Jesus's life. And this is one that, that actually floors me. Um, it's, it's amazing uh, how Jesus was able to do this. We get to the final years in John 19, John 19, 25, where Jesus is at the point of his life where he's actually on the cross. He, he's up there, he's dying for the sins of the world. He's there saving humanity. And the Bible says that, that even in the midst of the excruciating pain from, from the whipping and the beating and the crown of thorns and the nails in his hands and the lack of air that would be in his lungs and the discomfort of the cross, we read in John nineteen twenty six and 27 that when Jesus saw his mother in front of him and the disciple whom he loved, we know is John, when, when he saw the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And he looked at John. Here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the Bible says that the disciple took care of him and brought her into his home. Even while dying, he was concerned about his family the final thing that we can learn about how to treat our moms from Jesus's life is how he was able to show compassion. He showed her compassion. Oftentimes we can forget that love and relationships are more important than a job. They're more important than a paycheck. Love and respect and, and honor and compassion all these things are more important than even a difficult season that we find ourselves in. Showing this to each other. Jesus, in that moment, he's literally dying for, dying for us. He has every reason in the world not to show compassion. He has every reason in the world to maybe be upset and angry that people rejected him. That even his closest friends and followers rejected him right? We know his brother wasn't there in that moment. People around him neglected him and rejected him. Jesus has all the reason in the world to be upset. And yet, what does he do in excruciating pain in a difficult moment and season? He shows compassion. He shows compassion. How many times are we rude to family or neglect them when life gets hard? where we assume that it's a free pass to act however we want. And not even just in the hard seasons. Sometimes it's, it's in the good seasons or maybe in the busy seasons when, when things are going really well and, and the season is really busy, we can still neglect family. But Jesus shows us the importance when it comes to how to respond in the midst of busyness, how to respond in the midst of chaos or difficulty or, or even in good seasons. What we learn from Jesus is that life is never too hard not to show love and compassion to another. It's never too hard to show to our family and friends and those who need it. It's never too hard. Jesus did it and we should do it too. Now, obviously, that doesn't make it easy because you and I both know that we can go through seasons that are excruciating, seasons that are very painful, seasons that are very hard. 
just like Jesus. And yet what we see out of him is nothing but compassion for those around him. So all this being said, this fun little message, what are some things that we can take away from the message today? It's the idea that our moms are worthy of respect, honor, and compassion. And you can never go wrong when you default to one of these three things. So today I'd encourage you, consider the way that you treat your mom. Consider how you treat your mom today. And then look at how Jesus did it. We need to do the same. Amen? Thanks for watching today. Be sure to check out our other messages on this page. And you can also watch us live online every Sunday morning at 1010 a.m. Don't forget, share your story or send us a prayer request by emailing info at porticocanada.ca. You can also stay connected by liking our Facebook page or following us on Twitter at PorticoCC. 